We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford at Studio this uh, morning. Kind of a rainy morning in Oxford. Been uh, coming showers here for a little while. It's kind of a rainy weekend, frankly. Um, almost probably... I think a little less rain scheduled for Tuscaloosa. But anyway, another another weather report day. We're going to talk about Neil's picks, where uh, I continue to really, really suck. We're going to go over those. At least you have company in your suckage. It's fine. Yeah, I'm not even really upset about it. It's like, whatever. Frankly, we were winning too much. We were too good at picks for too long. There's no comedic relief in being too good. We made made fun of Zach too much, and then he goes off and has a great week. Yeah, so... And then both Greg and Campbell beat all of us, so it was... It's embarrassing. No, 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 no. no, no. It's not even embarrassing. It shows you college football is warped this year. (laughs) It's college football's fault. It's not my fault. That's true. uh, No, it's not me. It's them. What are you talking about? Literally, on about six of the games this week, I went back and forth, back and forth. Oh, and back it, and forth. it's dumb. I, I, so we'll, we'll go through those. Uh, I talked to John Talty, uh, senior sports editor, AL.com, yesterday for about 25 minutes. So we'll uh, we'll play that for you today as well. Obviously, John covering Auburn and Alabama and just football in the state of Alabama because that's what you do. So we talk about that. Uh, John's a Maryland grad. We talked about DJ Durkin a little bit and uh and much more so that all that and more coming up on the show very heavy podcast day we'll be back with uh hand raised guys tonight um the uh pre-game show for Ole Miss and Alabama will air today and then be available until kickoff as well even after kickoff if you yes. like to go back and rewatch it so nonetheless so let me go here um you will want to watch this uh-huh. and it's watch it, there's there's there are no podcast elements to this yeah and and the one with Pete if you listened to it it would not do service to what Unless you really know football, mm-hmm. you would need to watch. There's uh, video. There, there's some X and O things. It's really, really good. It's the best one we've done. Um, you'll want to watch it about an hour and twenty minutes, and it's all Ole Miss and Alabama. We don't touch anything else. Okay, it's all Ole Miss and Alabama. You'll really like it. Uh, ben Mintz was terrific yesterday. You'll want to watch that. Uh, Jeffrey was on top of his game yesterday. You'll want to watch that. We talk a lot of SEC, 
But mostly it's Ole Miss and Alabama. We, we dive into the other games with Jeffrey and Ben, okay. and I'll do that. I'll get kind of the Alabama perspective from Ryan Brown today. He's aware of it in that state, yes. Yes, so uh, we'll get we'll get into that. If, if you need your Ole Miss-Alabama fix this afternoon, you can watch live. I'm going to probably get started around 2, okay. and then uh, that way it'll be in the system by the time we do hand-raise guys, and it'll be available all day tomorrow, all day Saturday. I mean, forever, actually, but – on Sunday, it'll be sort of a little po- more obsolete, a little more pointless. Yeah, but please watch it. Uh, please hit the subscribe button. Please hit the like button. That helps us a bunch. Yeah, all you guys in the stream, just stopping and hitting the like button would be great. I would really, really yeah, appreciate that. That would be nice. Matt Muscona does a much better job of that than us, um, as far as reminding you of that. Over well, he's and over almost and over again. insistent about it. Like, yeah, he, like- he, he, it, it changes his show a little bit that he is uh, begging and pleading. But nonetheless, I get it. So that. Uh, that and more coming up today. The Oxford Exxon, Highway 6 West in Oxford. Remember to uh, head on over to Twitter, head over to social media, follow them at Oxford Exxon. Take a selfie in front of the blue sky when you come into town next time. Or if you're in town, just drop on over, get some good gas, good convenience store, and take that selfie. Hashtag Blue Sky Rebels. You do that, you're automatically entered to win an official Ole Miss football helmet every single week here of the football season. So help us out. Do that. We would appreciate it. Help yourself out, too. You might just win the uh, the helmet. I don't know what color it is. I don't know if it's powder. I don't know if it's navy. Maybe you can even ask. Maybe they get to pick. I don't know. But anyway, nonetheless, hashtag Blue Sky Rebels there. And again, can you from the Clark Ford studio. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours. Right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is completely up to you. You can shop it around and do what I've done. We recommend that you do. Let's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. In the event that for whatever reason you're not watching Hand Raise Guys tonight and you're uh, in Oxford, it would be a great place to go. uh, Rafters, music and food. Got uh, Louisville. It's not Louisville. Is it Louisville in Miami? I have no idea. Virginia and Miami. Virginia and Miami, that's right. Virginia and Miami. Yeah. Uh, Also, Bengals, Jaguars tonight. So there's games on the screens. Um, You can watch that. You have a burger, po' boy, great appetizers, um, great beer selection, full bar, live music, the whole deal there at Rafters. Music and food on the square in Oxford. Also, Rafters, New Albany, and Rafters on the water at Sardis. Um. All right, we'll jump in. Uh, we'll go to Neil's picks in a second. I know you guys mostly want to talk about football. I'm, I'm a little thrown off today. It, it's it's a sign that I'm getting older because it's kind of like that, hey, you really enjoy getting pajama pants for Christmas kind of thing. I broke my favorite coffee mug yesterday, Uh-oh. and I didn't think it would throw me off, but I was legitimately <laughs> sad for like an hour. I, I'd had the coffee mug for 11 years, yeah, and it's perfect. It's the right size. It kind of tapers toward the bottom, so it sits on more narrow surfaces, I was unloading the dishwasher. That's what I get for doing housework. And just when I went to put it in the cabinet, I felt I had three cups in my hand. I felt one slip out of my hand. You know it's a goner once that happens. Yeah. And for half a second, I'm going, please don't be that one. Please let that one still be in my hand. And it wasn't. And it shattered everywhere. So I've had a had a little bit of a difficult 12 hours, but we're uh, we're get, get, getting into it. I, I, I looked in the cabinet. I was like, I don't want you. Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you? But here we are. So. Uh. Happy birthday to my mother, oh. Judy McCrady, turns 39 again today, so congratulations to her. Hope you have a great day, Mom, in the event that you're listening. She listens she, some. She listens yeah. a fair amount. Yeah. Um, 
I think on a day like today, she's like, I, I understand why I don't see you today. <laughs> she lets you outline your day. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. We, uh, we, 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 we get it. Um, there's video of Kermit Davis up. If anybody's in the basketball mood today. Um, I'm going to keep, the, I'm gonna keep this real. I, I will write yeah. basketball at some point soon. The video's up. Um, That's not today. That day is not today. There's a chance that I do a little bit of it tomorrow. There will be some basketball and 10 thoughts. Sort of depending on what happens Saturday. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, the people that are writing 15 basketball stories on the last day of September, power to you. Fall baseball begins Friday. <laughs> I got, okay, I, what, do, what do you do? I don't, uh, it's, it's. <laughs> I, I really think that we might get cancellations if I write a lot of baseball for Friday. Um, I mean, I told you. It I might just literally call be a like, bottom line problem at that point. I would just so. call you and say, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Here's an 1,800-word preview. Um, all right. Let's see. Let's jump into uh, some picks. Yeah, look, I, what's frustrating about this from a pick standpoint is that I'm missing tons of games. I suck, but... I don't feel like I'm missing game flow that much. Like, I feel like there are tons of toss-ups and college football is getting dumb. Like, I don't feel like I'm just completely misreading a ton of games. Like, that, that's what's frustrating about it. It's like, you know, Auburn, Georgia State. Okay, I took the L. Let's all move on. But this entire season has been tons of, well, if there's the mop-up touchdown with 90 seconds left. Well, it's like, oh, Jesus it's Christ. not those games that frustrate me. What frustrates me with me uh-huh. is that I spent an entire offseason looking at Arkansas, Texas A&M, and going, you know, that's a game Arkansas could win. They'll be all geeked up. That's a, this is an example. And I did it again this week on a game, so I'll talk about it in a second. Yeah, sure. But I spent two weeks going, boy, I'm really excited to watch LSU, Mississippi State, and Arkansas, Texas A&M because I think there could be chaos. I really think Arkansas could win, and then it comes time to pick the game, and I pick Texas A&M to cover. Like, what the hell's that? And now I spent the entire summer literally going, you know what, Kentucky, 4-0 when Florida comes to town. It's going to be crazy. They're going to – and then I picked Florida to cover. It makes no sense. I'm so mad at myself. Well, you watch because I'm, games, though. Yeah, but I watched Arkansas, Texas A&M, and I let that get in my head. I knew Arkansas was a better football team. Yeah. Now, now not, Kentucky. I, Florida's I, better yeah, than Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, if I lose on Florida, Kentucky, I just go, okay. Fine, the last fine, time whatever. that Kentucky beat Florida at home, Top Gun was in theaters. The first one. Really? 1986. Well, we can't get the second one. They keep pushing the damn thing. Well, if you release that, everybody's going to get COVID. I think it's next summer now, right? I don't know. It's supposed to be like last I've, summer. I've kind of given up on it at this point. I mean, I, <laughs> it's a big one. You told me you told me it was going to happen, and then it didn't, and then you told me, "Oh no, it's coming," and then it doesn't. I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'll move on. Okay, uh, Mr. McCready, the only person that is over 500 against the spread, and he's still losing money with Juice too. Um, yep. 23 and 21. I'm a wonderful 18 and 26 against the spread so far this season. Jeffrey completely 500 at 22 apiece. And Zach uh, nipping me by one game. We're trying to get the first overall pick. That's really the thing. Because in, in, in the intern draft for the, uh, for, the, for the summer, I would get the first pick. That's a big deal. The interns um, are well aware that they could be sent back to Norway after yeah. this week. I mean, they, 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 we, we've had meetings, and I've said, listen, ladies. I mean, look, I mean, Madeline's doing really good work <laughs> for the first pick. I don't know. Yeah. Like, um, and then Zach at 19 and 25. So that's where we're, uh, we, we're, we're at in our suckitude right now. Um, tonight you get – and I, I misread this, and I was going to make fun of you because you, you I was not judging off your picks, but I went into the system, and you had already made your picks when yeah. I went into the system. And uh, you were talking about lighting the grill for Iowa and Maryland, and I'm reading it, and I'm going, hold on. 
we're either doing massive therapy or we are like, and I'm like, oh, the game's on Friday. It's like Friday. for a second, I'm like about to write paragraphs making fun of you. And I went, oh, I'm an idiot. Never mind. The game's on Friday. Like, what <laughs> are we? What, game. Yeah, what are we doing? It's uh, it's tonight. Number five, Iowa coming off that uh, clunker against Colorado State minus three at Maryland FS1. Neil says he's worried about this. We all have Iowa covering the game, however. Not um, Jeffrey. No, we Jeff- don't. No, Jeffrey, Jeffrey picks Maryland, Maryland to win. That's right. And then um, interesting story, if you want to tie this into it. Ross Dellinger um, did a story on Maryland yesterday. Fun fact. From 2010 to 2019, Maryland started 11 different quarterbacks, including a walk-on and a linebacker. They combined to average 150 yards passing and tore four ACLs. Finally, the Terps have a savior at quarterback, and they can't believe it. So there's your, uh, your story He's good. out of Maryland. Yeah. To his brother, Talia. Yeah. They're fine. So. Maryland let Chance Campbell walk away. I got issues. <laughs> if nothing else. I mean, that's yeah, an impact on. player on defense, and you just let him walk away? Could have used him. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's an NFL player. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. So I'm, I'm, I went with Iowa. Plus, I mean, just pure fandom. I'm all Iowa all the time. Did you see Hugh defend Lane on Twitter yesterday? No. Yeah, over the Wilbon stuff. No. Yeah. No. I forget what he said, but yeah, I saw it because a second ago, AL. dot com puts up a story. It says Nick Saban has cited Hugh Freeze's Ole Miss teams as being the catalyst that modernized Alabama's offense. Here's what OC Dan Werner, later an Alabama analyst, and running back Jalen Walton say helped uh, beat Alabama twice. And what they see now from the tide, and Hugh just quote tweeted it and said the goat is too kind. Discussing uh, Saban. Hmm. So, yeah. I, I didn't realize this week was going to be about Hugh, too. Um, I thought that was nice. Isn't every week? I thought that was last week. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he at he he tagged Lane Kiffin in the tweet and said, "What an awful take, pretty clownish." And I'm assuming he doesn't even know Lane Kiffin. That's so. the weird thing about Wilbon is I've talked to some people yesterday who said that, that Wilbon and Kiffin have never met. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny about the freeze Lane dynamic is, I mean, I'm sure they know each other. They're not obviously whatever, but that night when Lane had been in town like. A week. He had just gotten the job. Yeah. Neil knows where I'm going here. Yeah. And my phone starts blowing up. And I'm actually on the square doing something different. And it's pictures of Lane and Hugh eating together. And I mean, it's so people, they were in Grill House. And I guess people were just walking out and like looking over to the right. And there's Freeze and Kiffin. Everybody's like flipping on phones. And like this one picture kept circulating, circulating, circulating. I'm like, what in the? hell is going on like in my head i'm having a hard time making this make sense and i start i'm like all right i know some people know the people let me let me text and i start asking some people and what had happened was freeze was that was actually moving out of his house he had sold his house yeah. and he was here for like seven or ten days cleaning out his house and when he was just leaving the restaurant he was eating like with john miller and a few other people and when he was leaving kiffin was over there so he just said hello and sat down for just i mean literally i think less than 10 minutes just to say hello and talk and whatever and during that time period it became like the damn paparazzi i mean it was it was hey they met at the grill house and had steaks and hey they had whatever's like no no like even if they did what difference would it make i mean like it was the whole he was not coming to join lane's staff yeah it was just like I mean, <laughs> yeah, I remember, you know me, I'm such a smart ass. I mean, if people would send that to me and I sent back the shoulder shrug gif, you know, like, I don't care. I mean, whatever. I mean, I mean, 
It, it's the funny part of this. It's not like Lane and Hugh have some issue with each other. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, all jokes aside, there are questions that Hugh can answer for Lane about this program that would oh. be beneficial. He's one no, of the two or three people that could help the most. No doubt about it. I mean, booster information and how yeah. do you motivate some people to do certain things? And sure, yeah. what's the what? I mean, frankly, if I'm Lane Kiffin, I take the job. Hugh Freeze is one of my first calls. Yeah. So, hey, what's the landscape here? What's going on? Yeah. Help me. Yeah. And he will be happy to help. Sure. He will. Yeah. I mean, he gets weeks like today. He used to talk about almost now now. Um, so anyway, a little bit of reminiscing. Uh, number eight, Arkansas plus 18. God, what is your caption on Arkansas and Georgia? It's like four paragraphs. Um, number eight, Arkansas. Well, I, found, I, was, I went two, looking Georgia. for pictures and I found a picture with Campbell in it. Oh, you did? Yeah, and so it was kind of fun. She's up in there somewhere. And so I was just talking about our family text chain, which oh, is okay. Carson and I look at each other sometimes during the family text chain during Arkansas games, like, what the hell? Because we don't recognize these people. Yeah. Number eight, Arkansas. Number two, Georgia. <laughs> 11 a.m. ESPN. Anybody take the hogs? Yeah, Jeffrey took the hogs. That's it. Yeah. Jeffrey took the hogs. And once I saw JT Daniels is hurt and might be very limited, I almost changed, but I'm like, I don't know. I know what I see with Georgia. That's another get mad at yourself this way, not the other way. Georgia wins that game 41 to 3. And I'm know. mad at myself. Jesus. Yeah, if, if Georgia wins the game 17 to 13, I'm like, okay, well, I didn't see it either, coming either. So yeah. to hell with to hell with all of you. Yeah, for sure. I, I just I just don't know how Arkansas scores more than about 13 points. Yeah. That feels But I I'll tell you this. Given me the given the Daniels news, if you told me Arkansas scores thirteen, I'm worried about my pick. Because if you told me it was twenty four to thirteen, I'd buy it. I'm expecting something like twenty four to three. Yeah. So if you tell me twenty four to thirteen, I'm like, I mean, that Arkansas scores thirteen points. Well, now I'm getting a little nervous because I'm not sure Georgia can score a bunch if it's Stetson Bennett running the offense against that defense. That's I a feel good, like that is a good defense. To me, this is going to look very. I mentioned it a couple days ago. This is going to look very similar to Ole Miss losing to Alabama twenty-two to three in two thousand nine. Right, where it was suffocating and yeah, and you the, couldn't the score. score never got crazy, but you knew there wasn't a shot in hell. But from a betting line standpoint, see, it was nineteen points. It was right there. Yeah, so, Alabama you know, kicked five field goals and scored one touchdown. You know, just. I guess a pretty good defense. Bennett gets sacked, fumbles a ball, they scoop and score, and there goes your betting line. So, um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Tennessee plus three at Missouri, 11 a.m. SEC Network. Um, I think Missouri wins the game. I just like their offense more than anything else on the field. I do think it's a fairly competitive game. Tennessee's too. played fairly well at times, but now they lost what's-his-face – uh, hooker. Mm-hmm. Missouri's problem, everyone talks about offense, and it's fine. Their, their offense is fine. Their defense is deplorable. Their defense is awful. They also run too damn many plays too fast, and they have no depth. Well, it, given, it, given it the looks state like of, Longo and that whole group yeah. when they didn't have any money. The, 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 the ratio was so poor that they just couldn't figure it out. So it's like he's running an offense to recruit, which I kind of get. But it doesn't mesh with their defense at all, and and they, they have they have personnel issues. They could not get off the field against Boston College, and all Boston College did was, hey, we're going to run it. And the more they ran it, the more success they had running it. And so they ran it more. Yeah, that's true. 
Uh, we'll continue this in one second. First, about community mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Settle County, and Chattanooga. Oh, underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. So you're going to local underwriting. Understand your market. A leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. The MPW Digital Pregame Show is brought to you by Walk-Ons. Walk-On Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering Louisiana cuisine like po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, quality fresh ingredients you can't help but crave. It's coming soon to Oxford. Mid-November is kind of what they're targeting. I know a specific date, but I hate to do that to them because that's, you never know. You never know. It's at 1737B University Avenue in Oxford. The one in Ridgeland, 720 Highland Colony Parkway, is open. I was in there last weekend. It's awesome. It really is. It's a cool place. I, I hope the one in Oxford looks like that one because it'll be a major hit here. 720 Highland Colony Parkway in Ridgeland. If you're um, looking for employment, stop by, fill out an application. I know that uh, labor issues are a real thing for everyone, including walk-ons. So there you go. 720 Highland Colony Parkway in Ridgeland. If you want to enjoy some college football, pro football on Sunday this weekend, I would highly recommend Walk-Ons. The Oxford Exxon Podcast also brought to you by Brothrow. If you want to listen to our picks and then go, okay, I'm going to go pick the opposite and make a bunch of money, go to Brothrow. It's a social sports betting network. It's free to use. I was introduced to Brothrow fairly recently. It's a really cool, fun way to bet. No third party, so there's no juice. Over time, that saves you money. You can start your own group, make friends, and invite your friends. Payment happens within 24 hours of the conclusion of your bet. So you can take the other side of an existing bet that's already up on the site. You can start a new bet and more. Sign up today at bet.brothrow.com backslash MPW. We're also brought to you by Muddy Water Camo. Enter the promo code REBELGROVE. Get a 35% discount on any products from the site. Free shipping on $100 or more. Muddy Water has several new products on the site, plus they have their new Muddy Water Lady Camo Apparel. So go to MuddyWaterOutdoors.com, enter the promo code REBELGROVE. And while you have the uh, Rebel Grove promo code ready and available to you, go to DeadSoxy. DeadSoxy.com has they're the best socks you'll ever put, uh, put on your feet. They don't slide. They don't go down. You don't have to bend down and pull them up 15 times a day. Put them on, and they'll stay on until you're ready to take them off. They're fantastic. They'll keep your feet nice and cool. You'll absolutely love them, and they're quite stylish, including some of their collegiate line there at DeadSoxy, DeadSoxy.com, promo code REBELGROVE for 25% off. And Arkansas's coming to town next week. LSU's coming to town later, two weeks after that. Uh, Hugh Freeze coming to town. Maybe he'll tailgate in the Grove before the game. I don't know. I don't know. Texas A&M, the cult is coming to town. Who else? Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Meh. Vanderbilt and all seven of their fans will be uh, there and as well. So you want to – still time to set up tailgating packages, single games, multiple games. Get in touch with Kyle Thornton and the people at 7 South Tailgating. Trust us that's the way you want to do this. 662-321-1682 or 7SouthTailgating.com. Podcast brought to you by Visit Oxford. Visit OxfordMS.com. Go to the events page, see what's going on this week and every week. And remember, next Friday, prior to Ole Miss and Arkansas, tunes around town returning 5 to 7 p.m. Different, different uh, musical acts around the square and surrounding areas. So get some dessert, get some takeout, hang out, and listen to local artists there in Oxford. Double-decker bus tours also 3 and 4 o'clock 
on Friday buy an adult ticket and you get $100 off a pair of Blue Delta jeans. See uh, some things that maybe you're not uh, not aware of. So again, visit OxfordMS.com slash events. Jeffrey is going to make a hell of a run or really lose a lot of games this week because yeah. there's been a lot of difference in these. Yeah. Um, number seven, Cincinnati minus three at number nine, Notre Dame, 130 NBC. I'm laying them. You're laying them. Um, I keep coming back to – I know Notre Dame had that explosion. They scored 31 fourth-quarter points against Wisconsin. They had like 60 total yards in doing it. It was three non-offensive touchdowns. It's a little bit of fool's gold. I still have Florida State Notre Dame stuck in my head a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't love Cincinnati, but I really don't like Notre Dame is more my thing here. Notre Dame's quarterback's beat up. Yep. Cincinnati has a good quarterback. They do, yes. There you go. Okay. Good enough. It's a quarterback game. More and more. It's not just the NFL. It's a quarterback league. College football is a quarterback league. It's a quarterback league. league. Yes. It's a quarterback sport. That's what it is. Uh, Zach has Notre Dame winning. Um, Jeffrey has Notre Dame winning. 24-21, 30-28 for for those two scores. Speaking of those two, taking the other team, number uh, number 12, Ole Miss, plus 14, at number one, Alabama, two thirty CBS. Neil forty two thirty eight tied. Me forty eight forty two tied. Jeffrey forty nine forty two rebels. Zach forty five thirty three rebels. If it's forty five thirty three rebels and Zach is one hundred percent right here, Neil might be doing this at four fifteen a.m. Oh, on just, Sunday we'll morning. just go. I'll just, I'll just. I sit mean, he here might and... just be falling asleep at the wheel at some point, as as you guys do whatever you're doing on the post on the post game show at that point. Might still be going when I wake up at that point. Um, we'll go as long as the super chats are coming in. <laughs> <laughs> There's a way to keep the lights on. Yeah. Okay, like that's how that works. I mean, we we can. Pretend, yeah, uh, yeah. We're either going to be playing therapist or just just sort of throwing let, a party, letting the people party. Um, I've told you this. Look, I've talked to people. I know, I've talked to college coaches. Okay? I can't find a single human. I can't. And this is Alabama homers. This is everybody who thinks Alabama is covering this line. I can't either. And it's freaking me out. I'm the same I'm way. I'm. I'm a religious proponent of I'm not going to pick against Alabama until Alabama loses. Yeah, I know. And they haven't lost yet. They haven't. But I've talked to college coaches who are all telling me Ole Miss is going, not just covering the line, but that Ole Miss is winning the game. That this Alabama team is not as good as last year's Alabama team. That offensively they're not there yet. Mm Mm-hmm. That Young's a terrific player, but he's still a young player. And frankly, he's been having to do it by himself. I mean, we, we talked to John Talty in a minute. You'll hear it. Alabama not getting a ton of separation at wide receiver. Their backs are not Najee Harris. No. I mean, it's, there's a there's a there's a transition period right now. They're still damn good, but their secondary remains very good. They're not as good up front on defense as they've been in the past. Their linebackers the are solid, but I talked to one coach who said yesterday. Look, the end of the year, that's probably going to be a really solid defense. Mm-hmm. But it's not. But right year. now, they're not quite there yet. Yeah. So I, that's where we're at. I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll all watch the game, and I, I don't know. The matchup is pretty good for Ole Miss. We'll see what happens in the in the football game. I don't know. Uh, you and I both 
feel weird for making fun of Shane Beamer because how hard his team has played through four or five weeks. You've got a weird Carolina thing. I, I do. I have something with Carolina. I don't, I don't know what it is. Because um, he's still not going to win. No, he's not. But they really try hard. They really hustle. <laughs> and there's a part of me that just respects it. I don't – I've – Look, they we, really hustle. We've covered college teams that have effing quit. Yeah. I mean, laid down and just said to hell with it. I'm not doing. And this it's anymore. still possible and I they get quit, it. and they might, but they haven't yet. Including getting the hell beat out of them a couple weeks ago, and they played that game till the bitter end. Yeah, trying. I thought they were very competitive against Kentucky. You know, I blame Kentucky for that, but well, Kentucky sloppy. They were. Which Kentucky is, covered. They did five and a half. Got one by six. <laughs> Yeah, that's I was, a W. I was pissed at Kentucky yeah, for a while. That's a W. Troy plus seven and a half at South Carolina. Um, nobody has Troy winning this football game. Nobody has Troy covering because Neil Neil hit it on the head once. Once I saw that ULM with a backup quarterback had beaten Troy yeah, last week. That's went, all I okay, needed to know. No, I'm good. That's you give me one factoid. That's it. Good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. No, it's that might even be like the lock of the week. Just put it on Carolina and and, and go from there. I feel okay about it. South Carolina. Jay said South Carolina's the girl with the great personality. <laughs> She's nice. And every time someone says, what do you think about her? She's really nice. By the way, I watched the latest. um, Impeachment. I haven't yet, so don't go crazy. Okay, this isn't about it. I mean, go crazy. Shit, I know more. Go ahead. What are we doing? The girl playing Monica, who I'm sure is a very nice person, is too fat for that role. She's too short. She's too wide. And it's, it's disconcerting. You think it's affecting the actual? It's affecting my of the show. my because ability to get through the show. From the standpoint of that's not what Monica looked like. Yes, purposeful. That's a great question, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, they I didn't no need clue. to cast a supermodel in that role. It just—I told you my biggest issue with it is it doesn't fit the script. Because the whole script is talking about Monica being, and again, not judging anybody or fat shaming or anything no, else. We didn't marry Hillary. But my point being, the whole thing is like, oh, you're a beautiful. Like there are multiple times during the script where they're talking about Monica's attractiveness. Yes, like and, that's more the thing. And that actress is not. So yeah, I, mean, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't followed it. Who, who's the main character in this one? Still a lot of Linda Tripp. We're still getting a lot of Tripp. A lot of Tripp. Okay. Uh, let's see. We have a mascot photo in the picks today. Uh, number 10, Florida minus eight and a half. Which mascot did I do? Uh, the Gators. Oh yeah, that's right. At Kentucky, both of them. <laughs> 5 p.m. ESPN. I don't know. Everybody going Florida over Kentucky covering here. I mean, I'll be mad at myself here, but I know what I've seen. Yeah, the, the Kentucky's got this supercharged passing attack has been very over-exaggerated from the first couple games of the season. He's actually become this one-read guy. Yeah. He's, and I don't He's like better that. than Terry Wilson, but okay. Yeah, Florida's going to throw some stuff at you. Yeah, that's not South Carolina's defense. Uh, Mississippi State plus 9.5 at number 15 A&M, 6 p.m. SEC Network. You've got A&M covering this. I actually am surprised here. I I thought when I pulled this pickup, I had picked MSU to cover, and I picked A&M to cover. I completely thought I went the other way. I really struggled with this football game. Yeah. I went back and forth ten times. I changed it, and then I went back. Okay. I'm giving Jimbo way too much credit here. 
Jeffrey has A&M winning inside the number. He's the only one picking State to cover. State's not good either. Like, I, I get that no. they made the LSU game close, but that game was not close. 21-7 to at one point. It, it just, you know, I mean, LSU's a flawed team. Mm-hmm. And State, I don't want to ruin content here, but Ben Mintz talk, and I talked about this yesterday. Can we stop calling this the air raid? It's not an air raid. About leech. Yeah. They're not an air raid. It's a dump-off raid. It's a dump-off raid. I mean, it's the same play over and over and over. It's finding soft spots in soft zones and trying to break tackles and make sure the defense tackles you. Well, in this league, the defense tackles you. So you just pick up three and three and three and three. And you're faced with third and six over and over and over and over again. And it's almost impossible to go down the field consistently doing that. There's nothing over the top, even when teams are daring them to go over the top. They run the ball effectively if he would actually run it. He's actually pretty decent running the ball. But You think our friends on the Mississippi State beat enjoy Texas A&M more than we would? You think they'll find it more appealing? Like, oh, this is great. I think they like look up to them and go, A wow, little bit like, whoa, yeah, yeah, this, the, is, this is what we aspire, we aspire to yeah, be. Yeah. We're <laughs> the cathedral. Wow. Just a lot of unity. Well, there's that. You think they look over at the Texas A&M beat writers and go, you guys. You're living right. You guys are doing it How do it we right. get them class rings? <laughs> <laughs> How do we do that? Well, they all have like matching t-shirts and stuff. So that, that's sure. that's the next thing. Yeah. Let's start a band. Um, <laughs> A&M is creepier than Starkville. Yeah. It's not even close. Yeah. Which says a lot about A&M. Yeah. I mean, but you seriously, like, I don't walk into Starkville, like, in the press box and go, oh, it's kind of weird. I mean, it's fine. Whatever. Because I'm not dealing, like, I'm not going to take the media out of it. Like, just whatever. It's It's whatever. It's whatever. It's cold as hell, and I don't understand everybody eating the ice cream, but otherwise, we're good. Yeah. A&M, like, as soon as you walk in, you go, holy hell. It is cold in there sometimes, man. God. State? Yes. Oh, it's freezing. I've got on, like, vests and coats and gloves and scarves, and they're just eating the muscadine ripple. And I'm like. I know. I don't know how you do that. I mean, it's available for you guys 365, right? Like The one year they had good coffee, and I was like, thank God. I, well, State tried to make the A&M game a trophy game. They kept wearing those Independence Bowl commemorative uniforms. And even A&M was like, hold on, what? Yeah. We went 7-5. and five. I know. What are we doing? What are, yeah. Why are we? Yeah. <laughs> it was like snowball. It's like it was in Shreveport. Yeah. What are it, we, it what, snowed. What are we doing? <laughs> It was like all, all white uniforms they yeah. kept trying to make into the snow game uniforms. Yeah. yeah. And on that day, it was like 400 degrees. Uh-huh. UConn getting 14 at Vanderbilt, 6.30 p.m. ESPNU. There's no way Vanderbilt's been a double-digit SEC favorite in how many years in a game? Since James Franklin, probably. Yeah. Um, I picked Connecticut to cover just because I don't know. I mean, if Vanderbilt runs them out of there, I go, okay, UConn, you are truly god-awful, which they are. They're... UConn is the worst team in Division One, and it's not close. They're significantly worse than Vanderbilt. So they are. I, I laid them. Yeah, I know. I okay, like whatever. If I lose this one, fine. I'll yeah, shrug yeah. my shoulders and move on. I mean, how many people do you think watch this game? Here's how bad I think Tens. UConn is. I don't think UConn Ole Miss gets played in a few years because I don't think UConn is playing Division One football. I buy that. Yeah, 
I don't think Connecticut is a Division One football team by the time that they play. They play Ole Miss. I think. It, I think from a basketball standpoint, they become kind of Gonzaga in that area of the country. Just a little hot take there. Georgia Rebel says, "I hate regular season trophy games. The Big Ten is bad about that. Do you hate regular season trophy games?" I hate them if we try to make too much out of them. Yeah. If we just if everybody knows it's kind of gimmicky and stupid, yeah, like Paul that? Bunyan's axe. I'm in. Cool. Because I don't feel like who plays for the Paul Bunyan's axe? It's Wisconsin and Minnesota. Maybe? Is that right? Okay. Like I don't feel like the Wisconsin natives and fan base are spending the off season going. We got to get that axe. Back. <laughs> no. <laughs> or the, take, the bucket or, of nails is in West Lafayette. Like I don't really. Yeah, think. It doesn't feel like that would like go and make an appearance at every Target and Walmart. That's my point. Like right. if it's just like <sighs> whatever. I mean, it has to almost be a parody of itself. Yeah. Well, like, like the boot game with LSU and Arkansas. I always found it funny. Because they didn't know where the boot was. Yeah, LSU couldn't find the boot. I was down in the field, and someone goes, I think it was, he'll get mad at me, but I think I know who, I won't say his name. But he looked over at some of their interns or whatever and goes, hey, did y'all bring the boot out? And they're like, the what? The boot. The trophy. Someone goes, where is it? Everybody <laughs> goes, I don't know. <laughs> and they went. They spent the whole fourth quarter searching for the boot, and they found it. Somewhere in the athletic building, it was it was in like a closet, a utility. So it wasn't in a in a place that was being no, shown at all. It was, it was like in a utility closet, and it was covered with something. And they tried to like dust it off and murder. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the keg of nails is Louisville, Cincinnati. It's not even a Big Ten game. Sorry, thought it uh, thought it was, but it's uh, a keg of nails. Yeah, I mean the dumbest one is the Sahawk Trophy. Can we not call it something? What is that? Oh, the Iowa, Iowa State, Iowa. Iowa State. Yeah, yeah, like just call it something. Uh, Auburn plus three and a half. LSU eight p.m. I set Chase ESPN. up. I set Chase up, but Ginger took. Uh, Ginger delivered the punchline. <laughs> I was setting you up for the Magnolia Bowl trophy. Well, look, I've gotten a little softer because the guy legitimately gets upset. So I, I just finally stopped. I'm like, okay, like I'm not done. Like we'll get to game week. Don't yeah, worry. But yeah. you know, like I, I thought it was all kind of good fun until I realized actually some feelings on the line with uh, with that. Well, those kids at Lafayette worked really hard in shop class. They got B pluses. <laughs> I mean, how often do you learn how to like burn the letters into something? I, I mean, shit, I couldn't do it. No, no, I couldn't do it. I couldn't even think about doing it. I mean, it does look like that. Like the eight p.m. the night before project, where they go, "Hey, you got a platform box over there somewhere? Yeah. All right, can we just?" Yeah, where the kid comes downstairs and goes, "Hey, mom, um, I forgot. I forgot my science project." And you're up all night just throwing something together. And by the end, you're like, "You know, it's not so bad." And then by the time you take it to the showroom or whatever, you're like, "Oh, it's it's pretty bad." <laughs> it's that. It's awful. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> I mean, it looks like a piece of furniture that's been just broken up into pieces, and they took a chunk of it and moved on. How do you spell LSU? <laughs> well, the first one broke, right? We had we have we've had two iterations. Well, the first one, the the magnolia thing kept breaking off of it, right? Yeah, it wasn't. It didn't just come off; like it broke off. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, so, speaking of LSU, but I mean, look, if Auburn and LSU had one, they only got it in Baton Rouge. They have it since '99. Uh, three and a half in that one. Auburn getting three and a half. I'm, I'm going to take the Tigers on the points. I Wait, which Tigers? Auburn. Auburn yeah. yeah, I. I did too. I, t- I took Auburn to win straight up. Nothing will shock me in this game at all. No. But just if you're if you're going to give me more than a field goal between these two teams, I'll take the team getting the points. I've watched the two teams, and I think Auburn's better. Now they got weird. Auburn's got plenty of weird, and it could go bad for them. 
I've never really completely bought into the whole night game narrative stuff. And I know people do, and I've covered a bunch of night games, including one where I watched Ole Miss's fairly veteran quarterback melt down a little yeah. bit for a while. Yeah. But you sort of know what's coming. It's well, just and that noise. ain't going to be the juice there Saturday night. Like that. I mean, they stormed the damn field on yeah. Ole Miss in 14. Bo let them talk about his family and stuff, and it got to him instead yeah. of just – and the Baton Rouge thing is in Grind's head. He's saying 34-23 LSU. Um, I mean, I get it. The last time Auburn won there, I was a beat writer. Yeah. But. I know. In my first year in Mobile. And it was a blowout. LSU just, I mean, Auburn destroyed LSU. But there have been a lot of close games since then. I just don't think, I don't think the Auburn kids third quarter of that game are going, you know, we haven't won here since 99. Yeah, so let's freak out. I, I just I don't buy that. Yeah. Uh, podcast brought to you by Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C. Two packages, the Ignite 100 Mbps or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. I've got it at home as well. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband, nespark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, parental controls, network security, a wireless mesh extender you probably won't even need, but you can call the office for details and get hooked up with the best internet in Oxford. Again, 662-238-3159. In the event that uh, the game on Saturday is as close as we're all sort of predicting it to be, I highly recommend Game Changer Patch Company as part of your Saturday. It's the only two-patch system available on the market to stop hangovers before they start. I will be using one, that's for sure. The uh, And if I haven't, remind me to put one on. Deal. The uh, warm-up patch is used before or while you drink. The overtime patch is used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game, ready for the next play. Gamechangerpatch.com. Enter promo code REBELGROVE20. REBELGROVE20. Check out for 25% off your purchase. Brought to you by ACS, Automation and Control Systems, LLC. If you're in need of custom HMI, SCADA solutions, or large Horsepower VFD specialist, ACS has you covered. They can service and install Rockwell Automation, Allen Bradley, Siemens, ABB, Square D, and many other manufacturers. For more information or to get in touch with ACS, go to acsllcms.com or call 662-601-4381. Pinpoint Commercial Real Estate based out of Jackson. They service the entire state in all commercial asset classes such as retail, Office, industrial, and land. This week's property spotlights on the Medical Parkway in Flowood, Mississippi. The Medical Parkway consists of 94 acres situated around the newly opened Sheraton Hotel and Conference Center and the newly renovated The Refuge Golf Course with Capital Ortho and Jackson Heat on site. It's an excellent opportunity for hospital, medical office, professional office, and retail users to position themselves in one of the most vibrant submarkets in Mississippi. Give B.B. Mitchell, Sam Cox a call at 601 586 3220 to learn more about the Medical Parkway. Blue Delta Jeans makes the best-fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world because they are uniquely made for you and only you. Raw denim jeans, custom-fit, hand-tailored in Tupelo, Mississippi. One size fits one at bluedeltajeans.com. Go to their site, go to the virtual tailor, and you can be measured and design your newest jeans in just a couple minutes. It's promo code REBELGROVE, all lowercase, at checkout REBELGROVE to get 10% off at bluedeltajeans.com. It's coming up on uh, the holiday season, which is hard to believe, but tomorrow's October, which means the one after that is November, and then you, you know how the rest of it works. So head over to Lamont's Fine Jewelry 
in Oxford. Lamons at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. They've been serving the Oxford area for 73 years, from engagement rings to wedding rings to fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, and more. Lamons is the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. We will have hand-raised guys tonight. That's brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names, but same great products, same services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. Podcast is brought to you by Johnston Hill Creamery. That is uh, 662-419-9201. located right there off Molly Bar. You can go in. See all the different uh, things they have to offer you, including charcuterie trays, artisanal cheese trays, the uh, spiced honey, feta dip, cheesecake dip, pepper jelly, plenty of different things there, including great desserts, including cherry buttermilk hand pies, cannolis, cheesecake bars, and more. And remember, when Ole Miss returns to the Grove and to the vault here in a week, you can uh, get it delivered straight to your tent. 24 hours notice on that. Again, just give them a call. Tell them what you need, and you can get that done with Johnston Hill Creamery. Again, 662 419 9201 or email cheese at johnstonhillcreamery.com. Now let's go to uh, John Talty of AL.com. We talk a good bit of Ole Miss, Alabama, talk a little bit of uh, DJ Durkin, and then close it up with uh, some Auburn talk as well. So uh, coming up on the show, here's John Talty, senior sports editor for AL.com. AL.com senior sports editor John Talty now joining us here on the show. John, good to talk to you. You've been a little while. It, it, I've talked to Neil about this yesterday. Is this insane that when I look at this line, I wasn't shocked that 16-14 was necessarily the line, but it feels huge. I don't know if that's because of Ole Miss scoring 48 points last year. I don't know all the reasons. Is it possible that we're actually in some kind of world underrating Alabama right now? I mean, when you think about the initial line, that what somebody had it like 20, right? I mean, that was shocking to me. And obviously, it moved down pretty fast. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought that it would be more in that like kind of 10 line. Because I mean, can you go back to a year ago, all the damage Ole Miss did to the point that, you know, Saban was basically accusing Ole Miss of stealing their defensive signals mm-hmm. after the game. I mean, they were they were rattled by how bad they looked. Um, so I, I was expecting something different. I mean, I think in some ways maybe we are. I mean, if you look at just the run they've had, I mean, they're still beating the teams they're supposed to. I mean, they had a, a scare against Florida, but you know, really the first tough environment they've faced in you know more than a year because nobody had you know big crowds last year, and that was you know pretty raucous one for you know a brand new quarterback. Um, but I also think there are. If you watch that Florida game, I'm sure we'll get into it. Like, there are some things that you saw about this Alabama team so far that you could say might be an issue. And so that's why, you know, I think defensively they have not been as good as we thought they were going to be. Maybe expectations were too high. But just based on what I saw in Florida, like, I feel like Ole Miss is going to give them some problems. Yeah, we'll go, we'll go there now since you, since you mentioned the Florida game. You know, I, I guess I had it on and I was watching a couple different games. Alabama's up 21-7 to there at one point in the first half. And you think, okay, it's just another one. We'll move on to the next week. So is it is it possible that that is still kind of the Alabama team that it is? I mean, Phil gets – I mean, not to use cliches or anything, but it was a little bit of two games for a while. I mean, Alabama played pretty well early and then Florida made their run. I, I guess what was it about that game that made Alabama look susceptible to you? What parts of a, a game plan or a matchup did you go, oh, Ole Miss, whomever can exploit that from, from, from that matchup against the Gators? 
Yeah, and so I think it's you even go back a little bit earlier than that too. I mean, I think in both their two big wins so far, Miami and Florida, played really well to start the game, first two quarters or so, and then the second half, you know, did not play very well. And so Saban's been really hammering the point, like we got to finish games. We haven't been able to do that so far. I think the things that concerned you about that game, and some of it I think was unique to that game, that it was extremely hot, and you could tell the guys were just absolutely gassed by the end of it. And I don't think that's going to be as big of an issue this week. But, you know, the defense was getting pushed around. I mean, Florida was able to do things that you don't see happen very often against an Alabama defense. And so I think at least to this point, Point. there's you know some concern that front seven isn't as good as it's been in the past you know will anderson's incredible we all know that you know wayne was you know hyping him up today comparing him to Derek thomas i mean we know he's good but they don't have necessarily that big guy in the middle you know whether it was you know jaron reed Ashawn robinson quinn williams those guys so i think that's something that can be susceptible and then on the flip side offensively i think there's two things one is the offensive line did not look very good they were not really able to get much of a push against that florida defense I don't think Ole Miss's defense is as good as Florida's, so I don't know how much of that will play into effect. But the offensive line did not look very good. And I think the other part is that Alabama fans and Alabama in general got very spoiled by all the wide receiver talent they've had the last couple of years and used to just guys below and past, and you know, whether it's two or a Mac, you know, hitting them on these slants, and it's just done. And I don't think we've seen that separation from the wide receivers so far. And you know, maybe they'll get there, but there's not that stud receiver they've had the last couple of years. And I think that's made the offense look a little less explosive uh, than they have in recent years. So those are the, I think the big question marks coming into this game. You know, of course, we'll talk about Alabama's uh, Ole Miss's defense, which, you know, looked good against Louisville relative to expectations. I think there's still some question marks about how good it actually is and, you know, whether they are able to, you know, do anything on the ground uh, beyond just, you know, what Matt Corral is going to do through the air. What has Bryce Young showed you to this point? Because you, know, you look at it against Florida, as you mentioned. I mean, the, the run game was stifled at times. The wide receivers didn't necessarily get a ton of separation. He was he was on an island as much as any Alabama quarterback we've seen in a while, where he's had to kind of do it himself. Obviously, in his first year as a starter, there was a there was a poise there, especially in that environment, as you mentioned, that has been impossible to simulate. Nobody has seen it since the 2019 season, where. You know, I don't know necessarily what I think his overall huge ceiling is, but there was a there was a mature maturity that maybe you don't see as freshman that it feels like he is as prepared for this coming up this moment as you can be for what is a a, a huge home game in, in a game where he's probably gonna have to score a lot of points and and kind of stay up in a in a race with Matt Corral a little bit. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, it's you just don't know what you have until you, you see it, right? And so, you know, there are a lot of those questions. How is he going to handle that environment? And like you said, I mean, I think he looked very poised. I mean, of course, he made a couple little mistakes here and there, but there are lots of big moments where, you know, Florida scores and it's like, all right, this is the drive. Can he do it? Can he not do it? And he did it pretty much every time. You know, they, there was that one at the end where, you know, probably should have had a touchdown, had to settle for a field goal. But Time after time, he delivered in what was a very difficult environment against a good defense. And so I think he's lived up to the hype. You know, I mean, there was so much talk in the offseason, you know, when Saban talked about his million-dollar NIL deal, everybody's like, this is crazy. This guy's never even played before. But, like, yeah. you can see so far this guy is very good. I mean, he's already, I think, one of the top Heisman contenders, and, you know, Matt Corral is one of them as well. Um, but I think he's done a great job. And, again, like you said, you know, the weapons aren't there compared to what Mac Jones and Tua had. And so he's doing a lot with a little bit less than what we've seen. Um, and so I think he, he deserves a lot of credit for where, where they're at right now. Who do you feel like has got to step up? Who on the offensive side needs a good game to help him out on Saturday? 
I mean, you could, a lot of receivers. I mean, I think John Mechie, I think is very talented. I don't think he's become the guy people thought he was going to be. Uh, Alabama fans love to complain about Slade Bolden, uh, who let a touchdown go through his hands, and it's not exactly the most explosive punt returner. Um, but, I mean, I think that th that's a big part. Um, and, again, I think you can call it running back, offensive line, what do you want to be? Like, the running game has to be more effective. I mean, it just could not get it done against Florida, and that puts a lot of pressure on Bryce. And so, you know, this is, again, an Ole Miss defense that, Came in with a lot of questions, somewhat answered them against Louisville. And that game's looked better in comparison as they've gone on to win a couple of games. But I think still, I don't know if you trust Ole Miss's defense yet. And so I think they've got to be able to establish something. And so, you know, that would be a big part. Uh, you know, they don't have Najee Harris anymore. They don't have that guy who could do all that. Ryan Robinson's not the same guy. And he's, you know, he's been banged up some as well. So that's, that's going to be a big question for me is whether they can establish the game and take some pressure off of Bryce. In some ways, it feels like a one-game sample size for, for for both teams in a way. Because I know Tulane was okay, but they were dead tired by the time they had gotten to Oxford after all the travel and staying in Birmingham. And Ole Miss just overwhelmed them in every way in that game. But, you, again, like you said, in the opener against Louisville, they look better. Miami, though, has looked so bad in every game they've played. I don't know what to make of the Hurricanes as far as how to grade Alabama off of that. Because, I mean, frankly, they probably should have lost to Appalachian State. They they, they get blown out by Michigan State. Everything that the Hurricanes have, have done to this point – so I feel like in some ways we're still in almost like an overreaction period where we don't know what either of these teams necessarily are, um, you know, in a relative sense, if Alabama is similar to last year, if they're worse, or if Ole Miss really has taken that huge step up. No, I totally agree. I think that's why I think this is, you know, really kind of a statement game for both of these teams. You know, I think we will, to your point, know a lot more, I think, after this week. And you can say, I mean, you go around the SEC, you can say that about a lot of games, I think, this sure. weekend, big weekend to kind of who are you, are you real or you're not. And, yeah, I agree. I mean, we're going a lot of off that Florida game um, in, in a negative way, really, for Alabama. And I think you look at the Louisville game, it's more of a positive way. Defense looks pretty good. So, I think we'll see some big tests. I think we'll know a lot more about both these teams once we come out of this. And, you know, I think almost to me is going to be the team that gives them the biggest test in the regular season. You know, I think Texas A&M uh, has shown that they don't have the offensive firepower, I think, to keep up with Alabama. And, you know, Auburn hasn't been that team. LSU's not that team. So this is, I think, in many ways, you know, not to overhype it, but I mean, this could be the SEC West in some ways, you know, if, almost is either the real deal or, you know, Alabama kind of got past its, its big challenge early on and will probably cruise to the SEC championship if they win. Clearly what they did last year didn't work because Alabama Ole Miss scored 48 points. Matt Corral had a huge game. They, they kind of overwhelmed Alabama's defense. Um, Alabama struggled when they blitz a ton this year getting home. They've been very susceptible to, to, to blown coverages and things in the middle of the field when they, uh, when they dial it up and don't get pressure. I know Lane mentioned on Monday that he thought Alabama would drop eight. They play a lot of coverage. It kind of felt like mind games in, in, in some standpoint. How do you expect sort of the, the base plan to be against Matt Corral on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I think that what Lane said would be probably what the average person would think. But, you know, it's almost like he's daring Saban to do it now, you know. So I think, you know, Lane is the master of that kind of stuff. And, you know, so I'm sure Saban will have something cooked up um, that, that's ready to go. And I think, you know, Saban talked about this, uh, I think, this week that, you know, they're seeing more confidence in this defense. You know, might not have showed completely against Florida, but, you know, the two years ago, you know, Alabama fans hated Pete Golding because they thought the defense looked bad because they were, you know, had a ton of injuries and they looked very young. Now they're starting to get more complex. I think they're trusting their guys to be able to put more responsibilities on them. So I think you'll see some different looks that, you know, maybe they haven't done to this point in the season because they have more faith in those guys uh, to deliver. But yeah, I mean, in theory, 
you know, you would drop guys back and, and try to, you know, see what they can do in the running game and hope that your front seven can, you know, slow up some of that. But I mean, you know, Matt Corral is going to beat you a couple of times. You're just hoping that he's not beating you too many times. It became a huge storyline because of Michael Wilbon over the course of the, the the week. But Lane Kiffin's progression, I mean, you obviously are familiar with him from his time in Alabama and different things. What is What have you kind of seen? I mean, where do you see the – I don't know necessarily if it's growth as much as it's just somebody who's had to do what's been necessary to get back to, to where they were previously in their career. What's sort of your take on his, his last five, six years? Yeah, I mean, he's had such a weird career, right? I mean, he's done almost everything opposite from probably your typical career path. And so I think, you know, I think he was humbled, I think, by the USC experience. It's been talked about a lot. He has certainly himself tried to, I think, push that narrative that he was humbled by it and he's grown and things like that. You know, the Michael Wilbon thing, I think, is funny. Um, and But I think in some ways he proved some of it accurate in that, like, his initial response, I feel like, was the perfect response. And that's like the grown-up Wayne response. <laughs> All the responses since then are kind of the – maybe he hasn't grown up that much. you know. And so that's kind of the, the downside of Wayne. I, I think Wayne is a lot sharper than I think people give him credit for. Yeah, I think a lot of what he does is very intentional, uh, especially the social media stuff. And so I think he kind of gets viewed as – you know, I think Wilbon called him a clown. But he knows what he's doing. It's very purposeful what he's doing. And it's generated a lot of attention for Ole Miss. And so I think he's come a long way, uh, I think, in – in terms of you know how he manages a program I think he's gotten some smart people around him I think he's gotten a little bit you would know better than I do but from what I hear I think he's better at delegating than maybe he used to be mm-hmm. uh, so I think he's I think you learned a lot from Saban both good things that he does and stuff he didn't like that he does differently uh, but it's another big game for him I think he's still trying to fight his way back into, you know, being the guy people thought he was going to be, you know, when he got some of those early jobs in his career. And I think, you know, I've talked to people about this. I think out of all the Saban assistants that have come by, he's probably the one who wants to knock off Saban the most. I think he would view it as a career accomplishment. And I think, you know, could really use it to jumpstart, you know, uh, almost into another stratosphere. So I think he, he wants this one and he wants to prove to everybody that like he, he learned a lot and he can now knock off, you know, his former mentor. We asked Tyler Siski this earlier in the week. If Nick had to lose one of his assistants, would he rather lose to Kirby, Jimbo, or Lane? I don't think it would be Lane. I'd put Lane last. Uh, <laughs> I think I'd probably put Jimbo first, then Kirby, then Lane. I don't know. How, how did Tyler rank him? He thought he would pick Kirby just because he thought that they were actually the closest as personal friends or whatnot, where that was not as unpalatable. I mean, he, he pointed out – he had a good point that if you asked – the three of them, Kirby's the only one that probably would say Nick is their mentor because with Lane, it was Pete Carroll. With with Jimbo, he would say somebody other than, than, than Nick. I mean, you know, so he's had so many other things. He thought that just because of the relationships, Lane would be the most, you know, the lack of palatable simply because he's not going to shut up about it. He's going to tweet about it and he's going to turn it into a fine bomb for weeks and weeks and weeks and do what and, and do what he does. And, you know, it's, it's funny you said that because Ole Miss fans have had to get used to when Lane was first hired, everybody goes, oh, we, it's, it's Steve Spurrier. And it's like, no, it's not Steve Spurrier at all. He's an introvert right. who is able to be extroverted in recruiting and in social media. But Lane's normal comfort is quiet, staying at home. I mean, he's not some reckless, boisterous guy. And it, it's been it's been interesting to kind of watch the, the, the fan base realize that so much of his social media attention, so much of those things are calculated and kind of an alter ego. It's not something that really comes natural to him. And you probably remember, I mean, I felt like Chris Kiffin was kind of the same way. You know, I remember you know, he was this guy who was a good recruiter and things like that. But he was kind of a quiet guy, kind of introverted, you know. And I think that is one of the biggest misconceptions about Lane is that, 
And I think there's actually similarities between him and Saban in that regard. And that Saban is pretty introverted himself, very awkward in social situations, but is obviously an incredible recruiter, very good at building, you know, the brand and things like that. I think Lane is very much in that way too. So I don't, I don't think he, you know, probably enjoys some of the stuff he has to do, but he knows this is kind of the way, uh, to do it, you know, and I think it's, I think it's shown if you look at the coaches that have had success in the past recently, I think somebody like Lane, I think his personality is kind of what you need at Ole Miss, you know, to be able to generate attention, recruit well, and, you know, be able to build up that program, um, you know, beyond where they've been. Something that you're, you also have a little familiarity about, if Ole Miss is a top 60, top 50 defense, is that enough to propel DJ Dirk into another head coaching job? It's tough, you know. I, yeah, I know. You know, so I went to Maryland and so, you know, just talking to people there at that time, you know, it, it's tough. I, I think it's, it's somewhat very, I don't want to say it's similar to Lane. It's very much different, but I think Lane went through a lot of issues of having to prove that he had grown up, prove he had changed. And I remember talking to people at the time when Lane was at Alabama that, you know, there were AD search firm people. They were just straight up scared off from this guy. We cannot, I cannot get my president on board of hiring this guy. DJ is obviously extreme for different reasons. I think he would have to really show how contrite he was. I think he'd have to, you know, uh, he's got a great agent in Jimmy Sexton, who I'm sure will do that work for him. But I think it'll be challenging for him in some regards, I think, to have to really separate himself from it. But to your point, I think if he can continue to show that he's grown up, that he has learned from the, the issues, the culture he created there, uh, and can, you know, turn around this almost defense, you know, yeah, I think he probably will get another shot at some point, you know. It feels like he's the guy that has to take over the smaller school and do it for a couple of years as a head guy and sort of establish it back as a head coach. And this is the system and this is whatever. And wherever you fall on the spectrum of what he did or didn't do, but just proving that that was in his past before he gets to, you know, probably maybe in a power, you know, power five job for sure. I feel like it's probably a tougher jump from him straight as a coordinator, even being a previous head coach to, to a job in one of those top conferences. Yeah, I feel like you'd have to go, you know, whether it's Sunbelt or Mac or something like that. You know, I don't know how attractive that is to him. Um, but, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see him jumping into a Power 5 job the way he had before. I think that there's just, there's just too much, I think, concern from an institutional standpoint that, you know, even if it wasn't his fault, and that's, as you said, very debatable, but I think it would still be tough to get, you know, an academic president to be on board of it. What's this game look like if Ole Miss wins on Saturday? It's a good question. I mean, I think, uh, you know, one of my colleagues had a story uh, on Wednesday looking at the last time Ole Miss, yeah. you know, in Alabama. And, you know, we all, not we, but many people proclaimed that was the death of the dynasty, right? Mm -hmm. And so I don't think we'll see that extreme of a reaction. But I think what it'll be is we'll have, I think, Ole Miss established as a legitimate national championship contender. I feel like they've become the favorite to win the SEC West, at least at that point. We'll see where it goes from there. Um, I think that there'll be some questions, you know, there's always, anytime Alabama loses, it's like, it's a national emergency. Uh, <laughs> my mom will be, you know, lit up all day. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, how it played out, but just assuming what we know going into this game, it probably is because Ole Miss puts up a ton of points. And so I think you'll see questions about whether Pete Golding is the guy. Um, you know, I know he, I guess was, you know, almost went to Ole Miss a couple of years ago, but at least they wanted him. And so his, his reputation is so yo-yoed, uh, amongst fans. And so that I think will be one of the big storylines. Um, but I think the biggest thing will probably be the proclamation that, you know, Lane is back and Ole Miss is the, the team to beat. I know this is such a cliche question, but since I've got you, I'm just kind of curious, is, is Saban doing this five years from now? I mean, is there any sign of any even timetable of him moving on at this point? 
I don't think he knows what else he would do. You know, I think he's, he always says he's been a part of a team, you know, for I think I don't know, 60 plus years, I guess. And he turned 70 in, uh, in a couple of weeks here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the one thing that, and I've talked to a bunch of people about this. I think the one thing that's you know, maybe different about Saban uh, than some of these other guys we've seen come through is that I do think if he truly felt he couldn't do it anymore, he would walk away. I, I don't see him having to get pushed out, you know, Bobby Bowden style. I think he has too much respect for himself, but I mean, look at that. I mean, he just won a national championship. He's going to have a top five at the worst recruiting class every single year. He's got a guy in Bryce Young. He's going to have a lease, you know, for another year. Uh, I mean, it's just hard to walk away when you keep winning that way. And, you know, I think he, you know, I think he's slowed down a tiny bit from what he was, you know, early on in his career, but he's still going pretty strong. I mean, he's still in there early, leaving late. I mean, I hope that I have that energy when I'm 70, but I mean, it just seems like it's indeflatable and, I think when I've talked to people about him is that he doesn't burn out like the rest of us. Cause this is, this is his thing. This is what he loves to do. He doesn't get worn out. You know, the way, like if I was putting in the hours he does, I'd probably be worn out, you know, and I'm much younger than, but he doesn't. And so I think as long as he's able to do that and his health is good. I mean, I think at least five more years at this point. Yeah. And you, you mentioned a second ago, Saban's talked about this. I mean, Lane kind of says too, that all these rules they do, whether it's transfer portal NIL or anything, it's just rich getting richer. I mean, nothing's really changing the concept of how college football shifts from a power dynamic, but the NIL thing, do you feel like we're going to see a concentrated payroll at any point with this? Or do you think we kind of are what we are with this? Or is there another sort of iteration as they start to figure this out in the next 24 to 36 months? Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. I think I, I talked to somebody about this the other day. I feel like there was almost some people who hoped that it would just get really weird and then they would kind of strain it um, from there. You know, I think it's I think it's going to be very interesting to study the first year of the data. I mean, what I've seen to this point is that the really elite level guys can make a lot of money. And then, you know, you're kind of your starters. You'll get those fun offensive line deals and stuff like that. And then it's a lot of guys just not really making that much money. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing. I mean, there's already been, you know, coaches talking about its impact in recruiting. I think that will continue to be a, a big thing. Um, but I think it's just going to force coaches to have to evolve and be willing to accept it. I mean, it's crazy to me in some ways that Bryce Young is doing a podcast right now. You know, like Saban would have never been down with that a couple of years ago. But I think he realizes this is this is the world we live in. We have to, you know, figure out a way to manage this. And so I do think you've looked at Saban's career. You know, you look back to, and Ole Miss is, I think, a big reason for this, the evolution they've had on offense and defense. Mm-hmm. And all of the coaches who would have had his resume and maybe had the ego to say, you know what, I'm just going to keep doing my thing. I don't care. It's changing. And the way he changed their offense and defense so completely and all the success they've had since then, I think shows he is going to probably be at the cutting edge of this the whole way through. And whatever he's able to do to help you know his guys make money in a legal way, I think he's going to do it. And I think They've already, you know, shown that to this point. And I think they'll continue to find ways to, so that, you know, if you go to Alabama, you can, you know, make a lot of money over the, you know, legal ways. Yeah, last thing, just because I have you, I, they, they fire a coach a couple of days ago, Auburn through through three weeks under Brian Harson. probably should have looped, should have lost the Georgia State game. Way early for any bold predictions one way or the other, but how do you sort of feel like it's just gone to this point for them? been weird you know it's been a weird I think stretch I mean there's uh and it's just kind of a weird time in general that you know things that we normally wouldn't care about how coaches feel about it you know whether it's vaccines and things like that become mm-hmm. huge lines and that was a big one for Harson. I think 
you know, when you make such an outside the box hire like that, it either really works or you come back and say, that's why everybody thought it was crazy that you did that. And I think back to, you know, in the state of Mississippi, you know, Joe Moorhead, like everyone wondered about the fit and pretty early on it was, yeah, it wasn't a good fit. That's why everybody wondered about it. And I think there's some real questions about that with Carson. You know, I think he, Auburn is such a weird insular place, uh, you know, somewhat, somewhat similar to Oxford, but different in terms of boosters. And if you're not one of their guys, it can get ugly very fast. And Harson, to me, does, does not strike me as the kind of person who's really going to play that game. And so there's going to be extra pressure on him to deliver in a big way. I think firing a guy after four games, you know, that's it's a questionable early move. You know, the Bo Nicks back and forth. I mean, it'll be very interesting to see where we are at the end of the year. But I think before the season even started, there were people who wanted to move on from him. As you probably remember, he was not the choice of some of the powerful boosters. And so he's going to face an uphill battle if he doesn't deliver big results. Because so we saw if Gus Malzahn, they're, they're willing to strike a big check if, uh, if they don't like you. And I think that, you know, if he doesn't – it's only year one, so I don't want to make any crazy proclamations here. But there's some things that you could be concerned about based on what we've seen so far. Because seven and five, four and four is going to bring some discontent on the planes. I mean, that would, that would, that would be a problem in year one, even though they've, they've been, you know, that's a program that has done that a couple of times over the last decade or so. I mean, Absolutely. they're not a guaranteed 10 and two. And I mean, part of the reason, as it was explained to me that they wanted to move on from Gus because they thought he was going to have a pretty good year this year. And they were worried, you know, if this guy wins eight, nine games, they're probably not going to be able to fire. So it's like, let's rip off the bandaid now because we think he's going to do well next year. And I know that that staff felt like they left a lot of talent and every staff probably feels that way. But I mean, there was some talent on base here that people thought would do well, but I mean, lucky to survive that Georgia state game. But I mean, this week they play at LSU. I mean, they haven't won in LSU in, since 1999. I mean, right. we'll see if he can break that, but I mean, you lose to LSU, you got Ole Miss still, Bama still, Georgia still. I mean, those, those losses can stack up AM, those losses can stack up pretty fast. You know, that that's you know, that, that's that could be concerning for him. I know it's worked for us, but you mentioned that you're going back to uh, a, a game with a full stadium for the first time this weekend, covering the game there at Brian Denny. Um, because of the way we do our stuff and everything, I haven't been to one with a full crowd yet either. Is there at least some interest in just kind of getting back into the, the atmosphere and the buzz on uh, on Saturday for the first time in a couple of years? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's, you know, I think it's been missing. You know, I went to uh, a few weeks back, you know, went to my first wedding in a while and kind of like, hey, this, you feel, you know, this is fun to be back and doing this. And I think that'll be magnified. You know, there's just something, I don't know how many games you went to at all last year. You know, it was something missing with those games. You know, it was a weird environment. You didn't, you felt like, it just wasn't the same. And so for a game like this that, you know, people are going to be revved up for it. it's a CBS game, you know, it's, there's a lot, I'm sure there'll be plenty of Ole Miss fans tailgating there and all that. So yeah, I expect it to be a pretty fun environment. And, you know, again, I think it's probably Alabama's toughest game of the year. So I think it's going to be, it's going to be fun just to be back. And, you know, of course, saw some people at SC Media Days, but it's fun to be around, you know, people and, and talk and all that stuff as well. So I, I'm excited. I think it's going to be an awesome atmosphere and, you know, really excited to see how it ends up. Well, enjoy it. I, uh, I appreciate the time today. Yeah, of course. I'll tell you that uh, we're taping the soft verbal this morning around 11.15 a.m. Central time is what time we're going to hit the button. It's brought to you by the College Corner. It's your one-stop Rebel Shop. Two locations in the Jackson area. In uh, Ridgeland, it's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, it's not a problem. Visit College Corner at collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Also brought to you by Pinnacle. Martin Palomo and I will be taping Mind on My Money. Here in about 45 minutes or so. 
They're based in Madison, Mississippi. They've got clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states as well. They uh, provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much more. It's MyPinWealth.com. And brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. Uh, John's part of Virtuoso. It's a worldwide network of travel partners that allows him to supply his clients with added values, unique benefits, simply not available to other travelers. Just get in touch with him, give him some uh, parameters, give him uh, a budget, and then sit back. He'll give you a ton of ideas to make your vacation one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. And we're brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. My picks, as we've been talking about, are up on the site. They're brought to you by Service Specialist. With offices in Ridgeland, Canton, Jackson, and Oxford, Service Specialist has been connecting candidates and employers since 1967. It's the oldest staffing company in Mississippi. If you're a new college grad or a seasoned professional, no matter what field you're in, get in touch with service specialists. If you're a recent grad without much experience, get in touch with them. They're always looking for candidates that have potential and want to learn and get their foot in the door with growth opportunities. Mississippi's a small state. Everybody knows everybody. Service specialist always knows about jobs that never get advertised. So if you're looking for a job, get in touch with them. If you're looking for employees, get in touch with them. They always have n- names and resumes ready for your perusal. 662-832-5138 or service specialist ltd.com podcast is brought to you by gnm pharmacy 662-236-2222 they're on south lamar and oxford also tyson drugs on the square in holly springs they uh, deliver locally in the oxford area and they offer med seat for your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you whether it's one trip to the pharmacy or one delivery you get the, the uh, all the meds you need same day again every single month to Take care of that. So 662-236-2222 and see all the different ways your community pharmacy can help you. Yeah, thanks to John for uh, for that. There's several schools where we um, go through media members and figure out people that we want to interview. And John was willing to, to help us out yesterday. So, um, you know, it's actually the problem is it's a growing list of schools. Um, yeah. Where I go, hey, we know anybody over there? Hey, we like anybody over there. That's what, the bigger one. Yeah, what do we what do we do? We know that guy, but you really want to spend twenty five minutes with him? No, not really. Okay, me neither. You think he'd do the show with me? Probably not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and sometimes that's a badge of honor, and and, and sometimes it's inconvenient. Yeah, right. So, so it goes both ways. It's all good. So uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, again, no matter who you talk to, close game, close game, close game, close game, close game, close game. Um, it's on our it's on our message board. I went through and watched it last night. All of Bo's throws from fourteen Ole Miss Alabama. The second half against Alabama was his best half of his college career for sure. He made some grown man throws in that second half. I mean, there was three or four when you went, "Ooh, that pushing the ball down the field." Yeah, forcing it in a good way. Yeah, Treadwell abused the corner, Tony Jones. He did. Um, and Ole Evan Miss, Ingram came up huge. Ole Miss has uh, Vince Sanders had a big catch. Yeah, he did. The big touchdown Walton, down of course. The yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of that there. Pete talks a lot about what he expects. Again, you, you want if you're geeked up about this game, and most of you probably are, 
you really want to watch the deal with Pete. He breaks down exactly what to look for. It's really interesting when you see how Lane attacked Alabama a year mm-hmm. ago. A lot of it was keyed off Elijah Moore and Kenny Yaboa, a ton of it. Yeah. But he talks about ways you could do it without those guys. Yeah, that's the biggest negative is the lack of a pass-catching tight end that we're uh, for Ole Miss right now. Yeah, because I've thought this for a long time. Pete said this the other night, last night when we taped. I think we're going to see a completely different offense Saturday. Than? What we've seen the first three games. They haven't shown everything yet? I think they have been really basic. And it hasn't matter. It looks fancy to us because we don't know what the hell we're looking at. Yeah, sure. But I have thought throughout, man, they're not showing much. I think we're going to see Jerry and Ely in totally different spots. Oh. I have always thought that, and Pete thinks that too. I think the actual offense is coming out this week. A lot of it. In in a way. Yeah, come on. They didn't run much against Tulane. They ran the same handful of plays over and over and over, and then the game was over. They didn't do anything against Austin P. And frankly, they didn't do a lot against Louisville. Once they won the game, they just kind of moved on. That was a great environment that day. It was one of the one of the best college environments I've ever been in. And I've been in some great ones. Oh, Oxford that day? Yeah. The whole day. And even Tuscaloosa the next year. I mean, they were because yeah. LM was geeked to kind of get it back. Yeah, that, they, that, that, they that were night. so confident they were getting it back. And then that game was not as close as the final score. Well, no, they were up three three scores at one yeah, point, and Bama headed, scored twice. Well, actually, Bama got it back at the end. It got picked. Yep, they headed for the exits. Yeah. I mean, it was – yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know about Plumlee. I – I'll be surprised. That doesn't feel. I'll be surprised if he's a big factor. You know, I talked to a coach about this the other day. We were talking not about John Rice, but just in general, about the idea of moving running backs to the slot. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how, you know, when when you have um, when you have running backs, they typically catch the ball out of the backfield. It's a softer throw. It's a more of a toss, if yeah. you will. When when you when you run out of the slot, it's a lot of dig routes, crossing routes, slants, mm-hmm. um, double moves, and the ball's delivered in a smaller window, which means it's delivered with velocity. Learning to catch that ball is a, a totally way. different ball than, and Plumlee did it some last year, but I don't know how many risks you'd want to take with unproven hands. Ball tips off hands. Because I mean, we didn't pops up in the air. We didn't see a ton, but I mean, we did see some of that in in, in camp. Struggle to catch the the hard stuff over the middle, and yeah, and that ends up being a turnover. Yeah, bounces up. And all yeah, that stuff happens. I mean, you don't you don't you don't want to turn it over much Saturday. Or just I mean, Matt still has to trust him too. Yeah, I mean, even if you're in the game, Matt's looking certain ways. And so instead, and Lane talked about this the other day. They're using Drummond inside, and Drummond is known for his hands. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't drop jack. Big body. Yeah, huge body. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that. But. So I don't think so, honestly. I, But who knows? I mean, yeah. it might be the craziest game of all time. Yeah. I still go back. That 14 game, 
the one play that sticks out in my mind is the play before the touchdown to Jalen Walton. The Ligans. They ran Jeremy Liggins, and he yeah. damn near fumbled. I know. He's doing this. I mean, hanging it way out. I, I just, that, and then once they scored and missed the kick twice, us all going, it's 24-23. You know, you know it's going to happen. It's 24-23. And literally when the ball goes in the air and you see Pruitt, Pruitt's beat yeah. bad. And you go, oh. You're like, oh, my God. They're going to score and kick an extra point and win. And Sinclair and this, comes this out place, of nowhere. Yeah. Ole Miss probably should put up a statue of Golson because that play was yeah, quite the emotion swing yeah. for that one. So, What do you got any thoughts on uh, Tom Brady going back to New England? He's going to also break Breeze's record. Yeah. He's like 68 yards. Cheered. I mean, I have no problems with him going to Tampa. I mean, no, it's just it's the world we're in. I mean, does it does it change the way you look at Belichick a little bit? Do you start giving more credit to Brady than to Belichick? It's really complicated to a point. We probably should pin this a little bit for yeah, maybe tonight, maybe Tuesday, whenever we do more NFL. Because on one hand, sure. On the other hand, Brady benefited from New England's management for two decades in a way yeah. that. I'm not saying Brady wouldn't have been successful other somewhere else, but Peyton or Breeze or at least a top-tier quarterback would have won maybe just as many rings in New England with that setup, the defenses he had most of the time. Now, he didn't have a ton of weapons on offense. I mean, it was kind of New Orleans-ish on who they were able to put him around other than you know, the Randy Moss years and different things. Yeah. But um, it just shows cohesively how well they worked together where they needed both of them. Um, I, I'm not minimizing Belichick, but look – quarterback league Mac Jones in year one is not able to do the things Brady did to whatever Cam was a shell of even his MVP self yeah last year I Cam, mean Cam Newton deteriorated no matter how good your head coach is you're not overcoming crappy quarterback play no you gotta, period no that's it no you got to have it look at look at some of the teams that are starting to elevate in the league they and all I, have and, one and thing I know in Breeze from the years that he had 31st and 32nd ranked defenses you're still eight and eight nine and seven you can't overcome them being that bad defensively so yeah because if your quarterback's elite you're in every game mm -hmm. and it's why I have this funny feeling about Saturday with with Corral is I kind of think Matt's waited for this moment yeah a huge day I mean you know I will tell you real quick before we uh, before we bolt, we're also brought to you by Alpha Specialty, 1670 Highway 80 in uh, Pearl, Mississippi. It's a trailer-specific professional. It's the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got load trail, Hallmark, Hallmark cargo trailers. They can work with third parties to have game day trailers and concession trailers built for you. They've got spare tires and wheels, a full selection of trailer parts and accessories. Uh, they also can do all types of truck accessories, and they can repair all types of trailers. 601-932-9798, alphaofms.com. And brought to you by The Rogue. It's your destination for fine men's clothing. They're stylist hand-select pieces from top designers, from work to lifestyle to nightlife. It's perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. All the best items from Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, and more. So go to therogue.com or visit them in person, 4450 I-55 North in Jackson. So we will uh, have the pregame show coming up later today. We will have hand-raised guys tonight, and by that time, the hay will be absolutely in the barn. So whatever you guys would like to bring to the show, have at it. We will watch some NFL, watch some college football. And then Saturday, Ole Miss and Alabama, 2.30 on CBS. So take care this morning. We'll see you back tonight. Have a good day. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.